Autos with Kamala, Canceled Flights, Shady Dr. Oz, Baseball Legend Kurt Schilling, and My Biggest Losers of the Week. That's all just ahead on this Friday Junior, and it starts right now. As we near the end of the work week, for those of you who choose to work, the few, the proud, the providers, I thought it'd be fun to do a little roundup of this week's biggest losers, though in Brandon Biden's America, that's basically all of us at this point. But still, here are my top three and in no particular order. But starting with our illustrious Vice President Kamala Harris. Now you've heard of a jack of all trades, master of none, but in Kamala's case, it's a czar of all things, and not only has she not mastered a single duty, she hasn't even freaking tried. Perhaps that's why the DNC has slashed the price of a photo op with Czar Kamala by 10000 bucks. It's now down to $5,000, which is really pathetic given only fan stars are selling pictures of their toe jam for more. It's even more pathetic given the fact that taking pictures, showing up for photo ops, and fake smiling is about the only thing Kamala has done and done well since she was elected to office. It's when she opens her mouth that, well... Right, the yeah, significance of the that. passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time, and there is such great significance to the passage of time. We will work together and continue to work together, and to work together as we continue to work, to work together on. We must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going together. So much of what we have achieved together that is based on our collective ability to see what is possible, to see what can be unburdened by what has been, to reject the notion that the way things have always been has to be the way things will continue to be. Oh, I always love a good word salad. But up next, my loser number two of the week is the airline industry. The cancellation and delays are piling up. Last weekend, over 14,000 flights were canceled or delayed, and this weekend is shaping up to be even worse. The airline industry is citing the usual suspects, namely weather and staffing shortages. Well, imagine that. The airlines are experiencing what many other industries are experiencing in Biden's America, people who simply don't show up to work. That and the industry doesn't have enough pilots to replace those who retired or took a leave of absence during COVID. You mean to tell me incentivizing laziness with stimulus checks and extended unemployment and or canning staff who refused the vaccine has now backfired? Well, knock me over with a feather. And not only are we grappling with canceled flights, thanks to the Biden administration's war on energy, we're also stuck paying an arm and a leg for the flights that do manage to take off. This didn't happen during the Trump administration, just saying. But Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is on the case, folks. He met with airline executives and demanded they hire more customer service workers or else be fined. Then, ironically, the day after he met with the airlines, his own flight was canceled and he had to drive from D.C. to New York. Cue the violins. But folks, if you're worried about canceled flights, you could always just drive. Oh wait, gas prices are also at record highs, so perhaps you could bike instead, right Joe? <laughs> Oh boy, that never gets old. But last but not least is my third loser of the week, California Congressman Eric Swalwell and his Twitter fingers. Yesterday, he tweeted this. Quote, today I gave a tour in the Capitol and was stopped by a father with his young boy. The father yelled at me, hey, Swalwell, then told his son, that's Swalwell. He's trouble. He doesn't back Trump. 
I kept walking and felt sad for the boy. He's being raised in a cult family. Eric Swalwell is a failed presidential candidate, and after reading that tweet, I couldn't help but be reminded of another failed presidential candidate who said something similar. We are living in a volatile political environment. You know, to just be grossly generalistic, you could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. And you see how well that turned out for her, Swally boy? But look, not only is his tweet ridiculous, I'd be willing to bet it's made up. Why? Because no one knows who Eric Swalwell is but Eric Swalwell. He has the personality of a deflated pool toy. He's not recognizable. And he has this habit of tweeting things like this for attention and to make Eric Swalwell happen. Well, newsflash, Eric, it's not happening. The only reason people outside of your district likely know your name at all is because of your Chinese spy rendezvous and or that one time you may or may not have tooted on camera. Oh, good stuff right there. And folks, those are my losers of the week. Believe me, there are many honorable mentions, but we don't have time for that. Because up next, I'm joined by a man, a baseball legend, who is anything but a loser. In fact, he's won a whole hell of a lot. Kurt Schilling joins me next. Well, my next guest really needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Not only is he a pitching legend, but he's known for his fearlessness and refusal to be canceled. And he joins me now, Kurt Schilling. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Congratulations, too. This is this Thank exciting. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I'm happy that you're in Nashville. You know, all of us escaped the Yeah. Fleeing. I moved to America. There, well, hey, I was in Massachusetts, which is, you know, the seventh yeah. level of the abyss. But I'm home. And I'm you good. moved during COVID. Yeah. Well, COVID no. is like a two-and-a-half-year thing. They're well, still it depends on where you live, happen, right? So, it's still right. going on, I'm sure, in California somewhere, but I haven't seen a mask since I've been in Tennessee. So Thank God. And when I do see them, honestly, they are the ones that look ridiculous now. And I'm I laugh. For that. I, I kind of chuckle. Although, I've been to China, and I understand. They all, and I, you know, people that wear masks for right reasons over there. Over here, it's just, it makes it very easy to tell who's who. It's easy to pick out a liberal now. It certainly is. Well, I have a lot of things that I want to ask you about. I know you really get into politics, but I have some baseball things that I have to ask you because I'm a, I'm a baseball fan, but there are some things that kind of marry politics and baseball and cancel culture and all of that good stuff, so I have to get your take on a lot of these things. First of all, the Baseball Hall of Fame. So there's been new announcements, certain people not allowed in, and that's because of doping, steroid use. Of course, they don't want your... You're in your ASS in there because uh, for other reasons. Right. But I want to get your take on the steroid use, that steroid era, them keeping them out of the Hall of Fame. Is that the right move or not? Well, personally, I've said I wouldn't vote for somebody that I believe or knew cheated. Um, doesn't mean they should or shouldn't be in. I mean, when you like look Joe at Joe Biden, no. Well, <laughs> well, here's the thing. The greatest pitcher and the greatest hitter of my generation are not in the Hall of Fame. Arguably, the greatest hitter of all time is in the Hall of Fame for different reasons. So when... At what point does it stop becoming the Hall of Fame? Because it, isn't that supposed to represent the best of the best? You know, rock and Roll Hall of Fame, all these other Hall of Fames, you put the best ever in there. And so, I don't know. I If I was a voter, I wouldn't be in my Hall of Fame. I mean, but I have higher standards than I think a lot of the voters do. Well, when I was researching this and those that weren't allowed in because of various reasons, mostly because of doping and that, then, of course, your name was in there. And it says in there, quite explicitly, not because of steroid use, but because of his controversial political opinions, and then named a few. Uh, I know that you probably don't really care. You'd rather be true to yourself than be in a Hall of Fame. 
But what do you think about that? That they really single you out right. and a few others, but namely you. Oh, two words. Two words got me booted. Um, in 04, after we won the World Series, I went on Good Morning America, and I'll never forget it. It was 7 a.m. We had just flown back from St. Louis. I, I'm pretty sure I was still boxed at the time. Um, and I was talking to Charles Gibson at the end of the interview. It was, the election was coming up. And I said, hey, make sure you guys tell your viewers to go out and vote and vote Bush. Well, I'm in Boston. I, I didn't realize it. I didn't care. I mean, that's I would have said it anyway. But uh, we lost. Uh, we've worked. My wife and I've worked with ALS for over 30 years. We lost millions of dollars in our charities. We lost sponsors for those two words, and that just kind of carried over. Um, none of the people who said the things they've said about me in the paper ever had the guts to say any of it to my face because they all had a chance to. They were all writers in the clubhouse, but that's kind of who they are. Um, and I'm at a point now where I did care about it. About five years ago, it started becoming a nightmare process at the end of every year because people would bring up things that the media, in many ways, and I'm not comparing myself to Donald Trump, but the, the argument for me and the media is everybody on the left, ha they have to be able to start the conversation about Chris Schilling with the assumption that I'm racist and transphobic and homophobic. Just like Donald Trump's a racist. Well, no, he's not. Well, we can't even talk if you're not going to acknowledge that he is. Well, he's not. But that's where, when you look, that's when you realize the power of the pen and the media, um, and you just stop fighting it. And they want people like you to be quiet because they're used to people like you either shutting up. If you're a conservative, you're just supposed to shut up. Or if you're a liberal, you're supposed to have a megaphone. Right. But if you're a conservative with a megaphone, then boy, they don't like that much. Well, Even look at you. Well, I mean, you're a perfect example. Listen, you and I have differences of, agree of opinion on policies and stuff like that. But at our core, at our heart, for the most part, we're conservative. Conservative, we've been fighting for the same things our entire lives and for the last 250 years. Those things don't change like the liberal agenda does week to week. But, but I mean, you're a perfect example. You're educated. You're intelligent. You're a female. Problem is, you're white and you're a conservative. And the left despises that, especially when you open your mouth because you're intelligent and well-spoken. And a lot of the women on the left aren't. I mean, just listen to a Kamala Harris press conference for 30 seconds. I mean, that's in and of itself a joy. I've also learned in Woke 2022, they don't like me because I shave my armpits. So that's a new thing. Yeah. Um, you, yeah that's, that's... Now that's like, oh boy, hey, listen, you're not really for the movement now. Right, right. Uh, they've never liked me. They never will like me. Quite frankly, I don't care. Well, but... you don't want to be liked by them. No, I, I I've come to find out that the people generally, I don't hate anybody. Hate takes too much energy. Right. But the people that hate me and despise me, I don't like anyway. Right. Well, and hating somebody else, it just sucks energy out of the room and it, it's worthless. Yeah. But we were talking about the fact that you had some controversial and they say controversial because everything that we say that's our held opinions are, are controversy. But you were one of the first people to really be canceled before cancel culture was a thing. Now every day it's this person, that person, cancel, cancel, yeah. cancel. But you were one of the first. This is back 2014, 2015 ahead of the, yep. of course, the Donald Trump election. Yep. Tell my viewers about so that. So... <laughs> I believe, I still believe, if you go back and look, I think I was the first, I'm the first real domino in the media to fall uh, from the cancel culture perspective. And I, uh, we were talking earlier, but I, I, Carl Ravitch, who I love to death, I had a really great relationship with the Baseball Tonight team and, and on ESPN. Um, I had signed a new multi-million dollar deal with ESPN, and we were laughing in the green room one night, and I said, listen, there's no chance. He's like, no chance? Well, I said, I'm not making it through this contract. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, Donald Trump's going to run for president. He's going to win, and I'm going to support him. There's no, he goes, just keep your mouth shut. I said, yeah, that's, that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and 
it played out. But though, but the 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 truly horrifying thing for me is, and 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 especially you've you've seen this. They've stopped trying to hide any pretense or cover their true motives. I mean, I think we just heard the Supreme Court pass the ruling on the Second Amendment. New York's law is unconstitutional, which we all knew it to be. Left's going to freak out. Well, they're mad about a lot of things right now. Right. Well, they're always mad. I want to ask your particular take on a few controversial things in baseball. One of them that hasn't been talked about, I think, enough. But I want to talk about Trevor Bauer. You familiar with what happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, kind of like you, a little bit of an outcast. Uh, at least yeah. an MLB Trevor and I don't like each other. Okay. Well, I want to get, aside from that, I need to find out why right, you no, don't like each but other. but I'm in Trevor's corner. See, I want to talk about, for those that aren't familiar with the Trevor Bauer case, they should go look it up. But essentially, there were some accusations of sexual assault and kind of graphic sexual assault. Trevor Bauer maintains that it was consensual, rough sex. The girl in the situation, not so much. But when the whole investigation played out, at least legally... It came back that he was in the clear. Uh, but Shouldn't MLB, that be the end of it right there? And, but MLB didn't care. Right. But they you just care. said, legally. But, but legally. They didn't, they, but the MLB didn't care. A two-year suspension, the amount of money that that is going to cost him, and he can't play anywhere else. He's, and by the way, he also has to shut up. So right. he, can't, he can't really defend himself yeah. either. So that is what's bothersome to me. Listen, we can talk allegations aside. Legally, he was in the clear. But MLB is going after him. Why do you think... Manfred has it has it in or out for Trevor Bauer. Well, I, I don't think. He, well, first of all, Trevor made his own bed. And from the Manfred perspective, they don't like each other. Trevor's been very outspoken. Uh, I got into a war words with Trevor as well. Uh, I think effectively he's done anyway. I don't think he'll ever play base, major league baseball again. Uh, I think he'll have to go somewhere else to do it because the cancel culture is that powerful. Here's the stunning thing for me: Major League Baseball and the NFL are catering to audiences of people that don't watch their sport. Right. They, they have Gay Pride Night in San Diego and 1,700 people show up in a stadium of 60,000. That's fine. That's, that's cool. I get it. But, you know, where is my Veterans of the Second World War Night in every stadium? Mm-hmm. Where is my, you know, uh, Survivors of uh, the Holocaust Night? I mean, all of these, there's a million causes. The fact of the matter is, like I said, we don't care as much about who they sleep with and who they worship or don't worship as they do, and that makes them very, very mad. But the bottom line is Trevor didn't do anything illegal. Now, you can argue, that, and I would argue, that he's an idiot. He, does, he had very little self-awareness, obviously, um, but it was consensual based on what I read and the evidence that I saw, and there's a lot we weren't privy to, obviously. There always mm-hmm. is. Um, but Major League Baseball trying to take the moral high ground yeah, exactly. Sports, I was just going to say, it's laughable. in general. Right. But the, the, to me, it's the, contra- it's, it's the right. lack of consistency. You want to make a point, and you want to set someone up as an example and say, hey, listen, don't do that. you got to be consistent across well, the board. The, but here's the problem, Tommy. You're not talking about sports. You're talking about 10 to $15 billion a year businesses. The owners don't look at that as a sport. These guys are billionaires to begin with. The Daniel Snyders of the world... Buy a sports team because if they didn't, you wouldn't know who Daniel Snyder was. Right. Right. And so it, but, but they also don't want to lose money, but they can if they, but these sports are making billions of dollars. So all the decisions they make are based on the bottom line, like every other business in the world. And when you, but they're learning, much like the Buzz Lightyear fiasco, (laughs) when you go woke, you go broke. They're catering to audiences, Disney is as well, that don't exist. there's not some, unless I missed it, some gigantic movement of trans and gay 
sports fans that are suddenly you know flocking to ballparks and stadiums. But it, it goes back to again, I don't care. Who you sleep with? And Just who you, don't shove it down people's throats. But it's not even the shoving. It's the fact that they expect you to live your life by right. the rules that make them comfortable. Well, here's the thing that I said about the pride stuff when it came to the Tampa Bay and then making them wear the the rainbow, and then some of the players said, listen, this is just not what I want right. to do. It was, now you're automatically bigoted. If it is about pride, pride to me is a personal thing. So if you are proud of whatever your sexual orientation or identity is, that is a personal thing. I don't need to celebrate Kurt Schilling's sexuality or this person's sexuality. I don't need to know. Well, no, just, well, just if you, yourself, are you, just are you really the pro-choice side? Because if you are, then you let people choose everything. And we don't. It doesn't have to be. Well, listen. You have to validate my no, life choices. No. Why? But but you. What, again, it gets back to the power of the media. There's 26 guys on a roster. The eight guys that didn't wear it were the only guys you heard of. Right. And 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 again, I want to live in. A, here's my thing. I've always said this. In some way, and I, I say this, and this is going to get taken out of context. I'm glad scum like the KKK can say the things that they feel like saying. I want to know who they are. I want to know who the bad people are. And generally, they're too stupid to shut up. So they acknowledge and they, they out themselves. I don't support businesses that aren't inclusive. I don't, I'll go to a business that is inclusive and a little more expensive because I like to support businesses, mm -hmm. good companies. That's what capitalism's all about. And we've watched the left try and change. They despise capitalism, by the way. Trying to change capitalism by boycotting. If you don't, Chick-fil-A, my God, they're going to stay closed on Sunday because they're Christians. Not going to eat their food because they're anti-gay, right? Well, no, they're not. What I think you're saying by this as well is that we should be emotionally and intellectually mature enough to hear something that's disgusting and say, I don't support that. But to me, the left wants to just shut up everything because if you don't, they don't let you speak. They don't want Then discussion. they can automatically say you're disgusting. Because they put that label. Well, it goes on back it. to the, the 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 they want to preface the conversation about Donald Trump with, "I'll talk to you about him, but you have to acknowledge he's a racist." Well, no, he's actually not. Well, you can't even get into the conversation about details, which to me matter. They all matter. He was never a racist before he ran for president. I've known by him since two thousand six. Might be one of the kindest souls I've ever met. Good public speaker? Not really. No. <laughs> well, to some he may be. I, but, I personally but, but, enjoy his. But speaking, remember, but. in 2016, what was the world crying for? The the United States was crying for a, a, an anti-establishment president. Yep. That's what it looks like. Right. He's not polished. He doesn't. He's not in anybody's pocket. He's going to keep all the promises he made, which he did. And we were in a good place as a country. The only angry, miserable, hateful, bitter people were liberals. And they were still doing well. They just Everybody was doing good. well. They didn't feel right. good about their but it, feelings, but they were doing well. And emotions. Exactly. Factually, this country was in a phenomenal place. Emotionally, the left was very disturbed and burning and looting and rioting. And then some dumbass goes into the Capitol building on the 6th, and apparently that was like the beer hall push in Germany in 1932, which it wasn't because we know a lot of these people were planted. A lot of these people were much like, I listen, I was up election night. I watched it three in the morning when Joe Biden's vote total changed by some stupid number and President Trump's didn't. Like it went from, oh, this is a lock to, oh my God, what am I watching? And I'm not dumb. I know love, liberals would love to think so, but I'm not. There's a lot, and there's a lot for people to discuss on that. But speaking of things that just don't quite make sense, I want to talk to you about COVID as it relates to sports. Weird time. 
Kyrie Irving allowed to sit in the stands, not allowed to play at home games, allowed to get on the plane and play away games. All of it was crazy. But here's what, this kind of goes back to baseball as well. When I saw things really change in New York, it was ahead of baseball season. It was ahead of the Yankees. It was ahead of maybe Aaron Judge, maybe not wanting to get vaccinated. And then all of a sudden, miraculously, New York drops their vax requirements for, for entertainers, athletes. To me, there was something there. And obviously, I don't know. I'm speculating. But it was very weird to me how New York just did an about face on that before right. Yankee season. But it wasn't, you, again, you're a smart lady. It, it, it wasn't that weird to you. You saw it coming. But, but, but it was a discussion. If it would have been just right, some but, small but again, player, but it was, I think we it was Aaron Judge. We spent two years standing in line at the airport with right. the mask on and then going on a plane and sitting next to people. I mean, the, then you could bring it down for a minute. The lack of logic to all that was beyond. I, I had people in my life that died of COVID. But, and, and I had people in my life who will never speak to me again because I didn't come out and say, yes, Dr. Fauci's brilliant. I came out and said, this guy's a buffoon. And he's clearly got an agenda. And you can see, and the left is like, oh, yeah, it was a conspiracy. What were they trying to do? They were trying to gain power and control, which is exactly what they got. And the scary thing, Tommy, is in the history of this government, I've never seen them give anything back that they've taken. Oh, no, they never do. And they won't. It was a, To me, this was a pilot program Absolutely. in how many rights they could take away. And they always couch it with, <laughs> for the greater good. It's always, you have to give away your rights because the government will protect you, and this is for the betterment of everybody else. So, well, but if I give, here's the thing that I laugh about. If you go get four rabies shots oh, no, I and get rabies, the same thing. Yeah. right. Like Dr. Fauci got vaccinated like 407 times and still caught COVID. I caught it literally a week before in January of 20, before it was like really public. And it was like the flu. It was bad. I was bad for five days. But, and then what happened was as people started to get it, they're like, wait a minute, why was the country shut down over this? This is the flu. Yeah. Now, it, like like the flu, if you were a high risk, all right. of the high risk COVID people are the same people at risk for the flu. And so you had this, you know, and then a child would pass from it and they would say, one child's too many. It's like, really? Uh, How does that work on abortion? <laughs> yeah. It, it was such a weird, asinine time in our country. Terrifying, honestly. And they want, they want, I know the left wants to bring it back. Joe Biden just said the other day, we got to prepare for the second pandemic. What, what right, is that going right, to happen? 2024? Right, right. 2024? right, right. <laughs> Weatherman can't go 24 hours and be right. And our president, who, by the way, and I say this uh, with compassion, I've had people in my family with dementia and Alzheimer's. Oh, yeah, me too. I know what I'm watching. Yep. And, and the same people talking about he looks great on CNN and the Jake Tappers of the world were going nuts about the fact that Donald Trump drank Diet Coke. I mean, right. come on. I uh, want to talk to you as well because today is the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And I know you have some, some thoughts on that. Very weird because people are really celebrating Title IX, you know, women, women in sports and equal funding for women's sports, especially at the collegiate level, really celebrating it. But at the same time, those people also want biological males to compete in women's sports. So once again, there's a cognitive dissonance here. And I know you have some thoughts on that. And that's a term I'm coming, becoming in love with, cognitive dissonance, because I'm watching it on a daily basis. should be the slogan for the Democrat Party. It, it should be. I, I, I've done a lot of research on this because it's fascinating to me. Because when I hear Megan Rapinoe uh, spew, um, I get like acid reflux. Um, they want equality in pay. Well, again, sports is a business. If you bring in billions, you're going to make millions. That's the way it works. You don't bring in billions. And, and that's not sexist. That's just a financial a fact. fact. 
But I did some research on this. There's 8 million, and this is over the last three-year surveys, there's 8 million high school athletes. If you use the transgender population, which is 0.00389%. But you wouldn't know it by watching television. You, you think it, it was And that one is out of five. such a powerful point. If you use that number, and you basically one in five trans uh, are young women ages 13 to 17. Basically, what you get down to after the 8 million high school athletes is there's just south north of 6,000 trans women high school aged athletes. There are 4.4 million high school female athletes. You want laws, rules, and restrictions that out or, or, or end competitive balance for 3.39 million young ladies who have worked their asses off to get scholarships and all the things that go with that to get to college, to pay for an education, mm -hmm. all those things for 6,000 young women. Now, let's be very clear. You and I, I don't care. I'm, I don't right. care who they identify as. I want people to be happy. If you're a man, you want to identify as a woman, that's great. But the rest of the world doesn't have to live by your rules so you're comfortable. That's what I said, too. I said, why is it always, when I hear this argument, I hear, you know, it's about what makes them feel better, what makes them feel fulfilled. And that's fine. I want everyone to be happy and fulfilled. Yep. But why does it have to be at the detriment of somebody else, and why are they not allowed to be happy and fulfilled? Because when they're standing there on the stand next to Leah Thomas, and they're getting second and third, and they're looking at and her, again, and or saying, not qualifying for the Olympics, right. or all those things. But goes back. To, so you got just over six thousand. There's over twenty-seven thousand high schools in this country. So that means there's one trans woman athlete for every four and a half high schools. That is the front top of the fold news. I, and I, go back to it again. I hate the fact that we have to caveat and say it. I don't care. I, I want them to be happy. If my, I, have a, I have four kids, and one of my sons is liberal. And he's, he started the LGBTQ club in high school. Couldn't be prouder. I had, I had a lot of transitioning young kids coming in and out of our house as high school. Never had anything to do right. with my appreciation and, and love of the kids. And, and they were always welcome in our home. But I don't I, no one has to live my life. goes back to the COVID thing. I understand. That's what, how, what a tragedy. But the world didn't need to shut down. For right. the virus, the world doesn't and shouldn't. And, but it's also the entitlement generation. These kids have been led to believe that they're special and unique. Well, you know what? Not everybody is. You got to make your way. You got to earn your way. And these young women who, you know, being in. Why have you never? Here, here's the thing: men are faster and stronger and bigger than women. That's not sexist. That's just scientific fact. Not all men. There are women that are stronger than men. There are women that are faster than men. But there's a reason a group of 15-year-old boys beat the women's Australian Olympic soccer team. Right. There's a woman, the fastest, there's a reason the fastest woman in the world is like, would rank 200 among men. Right. It's just genetics. It's, it's built just, differently. But that's not, but see, facts are sexist to the left. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I use this stat all the time. Uh, Heather McDonald wrote a book called The War on Cops. Mm -hmm. And she talked about the 75 most violent counties in the United States. 68% of the violent crime is committed by young black men who only make up 13% of the population. That's not racist. That's a statistic. Let's address the problem then. Why? Why are these things happening? Why are we changing rules for 6,000 athletes out of 4 million? Because the left is, it's not the majority, right? It's always the minority with the voice. Hollywood, D.C., and the media. Liberals have it. Well, they, they do well because of the labels. The labels work well on a lot of conservatives. So I think part of the problem, we can put a lot of blame on the left, we can put a lot of blame on wokeism, but I also put a lot of blame on conservatives 
who never want to stick their neck out. This happens to me all the time. I'll have people say, listen, you're, I, I'm so happy that you're out there because you're a voice for us. And I say, that's great. I'm so happy to be that. But wouldn't you feel better if you were a voice for you? Like, I realize you don't, maybe, maybe I, not everybody has a yeah. platform that you and I have, but I always encourage people, it's not just going to be us that are going to go out there and change things. We need it to be Everybody. in, in it needs small to be doses. It needs to be people that are proud of what they believe in. Why are conservatives so worried about offending liberals? Can you fathom if we were as vocal across the board as they were? They're not the majority. Even if we, even if, not if we were just as vocal. What if we just didn't back down? What if we just... Well, that requires what, being what, vocal, what though, right? Because you're a, you're a racist, homophobic, transphobic conservative. Well, you can't be quiet and get out of that, right? Right. And so that... But, and I've had some people, a couple people at OutKick who have, have reached out to me and said, when you're playing defense, you're losing. And mm-hmm. so... But that's what they do, right? They accuse... The Ukraine conversation... President Biden did exactly what they accused President Trump of doing, and they had no evidence on Trump. Russia collusion, proven never to have happened. But they were playing, we play the game, right? We respond. Oh, I didn't do this. I didn't. That's crazy. Look at the facts. I didn't. Instead of saying, wait a minute, hold on. Not only did I didn't do this, you did it. You're the racist. Joy Bear. I mean, come on. Is there anything more racist than saying, when blacks get guns, the gun laws are going to change? You watch any right. black man or woman on the planet watch that clip and go, What? Or Joe Biden saying, if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. Right. I mean, the list goes on and on. The double standards are endless. But I think the only way we end it is not just for people like you and I to use our platforms, but for everyday Americans to stop being so head shy and stand up for yourself. Stop backing down. Stop being in your little, I support Trump, quiet little groups, right. PTA groups. We're off on the side, but we they're don't tell afraid. anybody. They're, stop they're, being afraid. You're canceling yourself. And, that's, and you are contributing yes. to the problem. You are part of the problem that you were so angry that you're in this situation. You're part of the problem. Stop. Think about the uh, – I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. Think about athletes in sports. Most of the athletes on this planet are conservative. Especially hardwood, in baseball. Uh, very much so. And and I would argue in other sports as well. They're, they're, but you only hear of the LeBrons or the six Tampa Bay guys who don't wear the pet. They do, they don't, and I don't blame them. It's it's hard enough. Listen, I think if I had had social media when I played like this, I don't think I would have played very long. <laughs> and, I think that's safe to say, <laughs> right? But think about that. I mean, and that's true. I think I, the fact of the matter is, these athletes. It's 162 games in 180 days we play, and it's against the best in the world every day. Do I want to have to answer questions about having to hit off Greg Maddox or? or Max Scherzer, and then have to answer questions about, well, why did you wear that blue wristband to support, uh, you know, LGBTQ or not support? Uh, no, you don't want to deal with that. And so I don't blame them. I mean, I, I waded out into the muck kind of unknowing what I was getting into, but I, I, I think it's also the reason, and I'll speak for you, I think it's the reason we sleep well at night. I know who I am. I'm not going to say anything racist. I never have. Well, I think that that is what I tell people, especially when I speak to young people, and we'll kind of close with this. But I tell people always say, you know, it must be so hard to be hated. I know you're hated. I'm hated. It must be so hard to be hated and people just not like you based on your political opinions. And they can just look at you and because you're recognizable. They know they don't like you because of your political opinions. And I said, listen, this is a blessing for me because I get to be exactly authentically who I am. I don't have to hide. They're going to think whatever they want to think about me. I know who I am. The people who know me know who I am. 
But I get to walk into every room, and I, people don't have to wonder where I stand on the issues, and that is liberating. If I get into the Hall of Fame through the Veterans Committee, I'll get into the Hall of Fame being exactly who I've always been. I didn't sacrifice my morals, my principles, my values, and my ethics, and my four kids seeing that is a far better lesson than I could have ever gotten getting voted in by a group of people who are as bad as any humans alive. I think that's a perfect way to end it. Kurt, we want to have you back. You're in Nashville. We'll probably be calling you up a lot. I'm a local. You have no shortage of things to say, and you make it really easy for me. Good, Tommy. Thank you, and congratulations again. I'm excited for you. God bless you, and we're going to have you back. I'm going to hold you you. to that. All right, well, coming up next, Dr. Oz pulled a super shady move after Trump helped him secure his primary win, and, you know, I have some final thoughts. That's next. Donald Trump threw his name and endorsement behind Dr. Mehmet Oz, undoubtedly giving Oz the edge he needed to win his Pennsylvania U.S. Senate primary. But now what? Now Oz appears ready to quietly stab Trump in the back. And oh, shady Oz, you bet I have some final thoughts for you. I never liked Dr. Oz as a televangelist-style TV doctor or a candidate. I believe the R behind his name is as phony as his get-skinny-quick remedies, and I've considered him a snake in the grass from the start. That's why I was disappointed when the greatest president of my lifetime, Donald J. Trump, threw his name and endorsement behind the TV hack doctor. I thought it was the wrong move, and sadly, Trump has a history of trusting some of the wrong characters, like but not limited to Omarosa. John Bolton, Dan Crenshaw, and a whole list of rhinos who rolled in, rode into office on his coattails only to betray him one way or another down the road, like when it came to the border wall. For two years, Republicans controlled much of government, and for two years, they did nothing about the border. So true, Dr. Oz isn't the first to pull this kind of crap, but he is the latest. Shortly after using Trump to win his GOP Senate primary, Dr. Oz has now done some campaign cleansing, He's taken down the cover photo on his social media and website that once featured him and Trump side by side and stopped running the Trump-centered ads on Google and Facebook. This is quite the about-face, Mehmet, especially considering the fact that when you desperately needed Trump's help, you emblazoned, endorsed by Trump all over your socials. Oh, and you mentioned Trump more than 70 times between April and May, your primary day, but now nothing. Sure, Oz's campaign website still features Trump in the endorsement section for now, but it's quite obvious what he's doing here. He is distancing himself from Trump as he edges near the general election, and that's a load of BS. If Trump was good enough during the GOP primary race, he should be good enough now. Trump's policies, personality, or character have not changed since May 17th, so there is no good reason to take this turn other than a cheap and slimy way for Oz to move away from Trump now that it may not be as politically convenient for a general election. Now, I get that elections change from the primary to the general, but this just really burns my behind. This is the kind of thing that a politician does. Maybe Mehmet has forgotten the reason people loved and still love Trump is because he never acted like a politician. I don't trust Dr. Oz one little bit. If he's willing to dump Trump like a hot potato, he will do the same thing with all the other America first ideals he supposedly holds. Nah, for me, this tells me everything I need to know. The curtain has been pulled back on the great and powerful Oz, and I believe a rhino stands in his place. But those are just my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.